Hello and welcome to 100 Women in Insurance podcast. My name is Sandra Lewin and I am your host. I'm on a mission to make insurance a career choice, not a chance. Together with my amazing guests, we are sharing our career stories, tips and insights into work life and insurance in hope to inspire diverse talent to join and remain within the industry. The insurance profession is changing, so it couldn't be a better time to showcase the fantastic women across the insurance market. Let's jump into today's episode. Nicola, welcome to 100 Women in Insurance podcast. I'm very glad to have you here. For those who don't know you, please introduce yourself. Hi, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm Nicola Chapman and I'm the Chief Claims Officer for Concilium Insurance Brokers. Fantastic. So I start this podcast with a question, career choice or a chance in insurance? What was it for you? 100% chance. Right. So talk us through it. How did you get started in insurance? Uh, Well, I'll be really blunt. And I dropped out of school and my mum said, you either have to get a job or go to college. You can't sit around. So I picked up the local paper and there was an advert for um, trainee commercial account handler just locally to me. And I said, that will do until I find something better. Yeah. And that basically launched my... (laughs) career in insurance and the the when I the job that I went into and the the woman that was my manager at the time and the woman that trained me between the pair of them they literally excelled me into the career fantastic powerful thing isn't there having actually people to back you along the way of your of your journey so talk me about that journey how do you make from that newspaper cutout (laughs) and a local job all the way to chief of claims officer well, it's been quite hard, actually. Um, I've spent probably, I'd say the majority of my career has been working as a placing broker rather mm. than in claims. But every every job has had an element of claims in it. So mm. I've always kind of had it in the background. <clears throat> and then I stayed in that job for about three years. And then as we kind of know from the past Mm. that was 28 years ago 20 nearly 29 years ago um my pay wasn't quite matching up to men Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it was kind of I'll look for another job and I move and then I'll get a pay rise then I moved to another job was had technical interviews for that job had double the experience that they would have expected which was great and they were really pleased and said right fabulous you can come and join then I spent a year binding slips which nowadays no one probably would know what that is but (laughs) binding slips making tea filing Mm. really really underused me for you know for the role so I decided to to leave that job went traveling just for a couple of months in the summer Mm. that boss said you'll never make anything of yourself never have a career came back and then I went back to that first job and then realized that was a mistake So I went to lunch and just said, I'm not coming back. (laughs) And then I moved on uh, to another, I went to another couple of brokers between that. Um, One of them, I was running a Domino's pizza scheme. We lost the account, so I lost my job. But there's been a real range of things in there. Yeah, real Um, up and downs along the way, isn't there? Yeah, Yeah. and then I worked in a job um, where I had delegated, um, or I had the pen Mm -hmm. on a, health and fitness scheme right which was quite interesting but again 
it kind of didn't really flow my boat. So then mm. I went to Bromley. I worked in Bromley mm. for about six years. And that was probably, I'd say, the point where I found the job. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Found the job. So um, I knew, I did know then that insurance was probably for me. Yeah. <clears throat> I did actually have one spell where I tried to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did try to leave and, and you can't. No, I've had that. I've mm. had that, like, I'm going to go. And then I was like, no, but I don't know. There's something that just keeps (laughs) pulling you back. (laughs) I think you can leave, like, if you have children and you leave. Yeah. That's a little bit different. But I think to to leave it by choice is quite a big decision Mm. to make. And I think at that time I thought, yeah, maybe I'll leave. But I didn't. I actually went travelling again. Mm. And then I came back and then I and then I started up again. But that kind of that six years at that job really sort of built in to me that insurance was my path. Yeah. And then my boss then left and set up a new firm with my last company, which was 15 years ago. Mm. And I went with him and we started that up. And at that point I, I took on the claims for the firm. I think there were six of us or seven of us. And because I'd had some experience with claims, I, I took it on. There wasn't a vast amount, but there was enough. Mm-hmm. And then as the company grew, the claims grew, I think I had my third child. And when I came back, I went solely into claims. Yeah. Um, and I remember saying before I ever did made that move many years ago, I will never work in claims. <laughs> never I'll never say work never. in claims. <laughs> never say never. So going from that first job in that newspaper and going, that will do mm. until I find something better. And then I'm never working in claims. Yeah. And then here I am. <laughs> and actually it turns out this is my thing. Amazing. And you know, mm. these turning points, you've, you know, you've said you worked somewhere, but it wasn't actually floating your boat. And then you kind of, I find it, what, what is it? You know, when we, I think often you in your career, in your job, and it's like, well, I should stay here because it pays okay. I do my thing. I'm not 100% feeling it, but I feel people sometimes feel guilty about admitting that Mm. and looking for something different. But I'm one of those people that if it doesn't feel right, I just have to look for someone else. And, you know, I worked in broking. I worked in, I was an analyst. I worked in market development, but it wasn't until I found project management. I was like, yeah, that's my thing. Yeah. Um, and we, I think we're getting better at being okay changing jobs, but I don't think we do enough of it in insurance. Like people tend to be on one path and that's it. So you start broker, you're going to be a broker. Yeah. And I love that you were a broker and then you, you know, then you moved to claims and you did other things along the way. Like, what do you think, what would you, what has it been for you to go, this doesn't float my boat? Like, where'd you get that motivation to actually make that move? I'm not sure really. I mean, Nowadays, mm. if it's not bringing you joy, mm. it needs to change. And mm. I think in everything in life, yeah, not just work, not just, I don't know, what you're doing in your spare mm. time. If you can change it, then change it. I yeah. think you know in your gut mm. if, if something isn't right. Yeah. And you have the opportunity to change it. I mean, insurance at the moment, there's a, there is an abundance of work out there if yeah. you want to change. And I think... If you've got the base and the grounding, mm. then the opportunity is there. There's the, the range of careers is unbelievable in insurance. It is. If you could just go off anywhere, you know, even you don't even you don't have to be a, a broker or an underwriter. Mm. 
you can go off and be something in forensics or you could be an adjuster, Mm. you know, all of those engineers, they all come back to insurance. And I think companies are really good now, I've found, at giving everybody an opportunity to try something. Mm -hmm. So go out with an adjuster for the day or do this for the day to see the the other side of it. But you might lose a staff member through that. But if they're not happy, they're probably not performing. Mm. Um, But... This this change in my career was a long time coming. Yeah, yeah. And really, I know we talk about parenting and whatever, mm. and essentially my career was probably on hold. Mm. That doesn't mean that I wasn't working to mm-hmm. my best. It doesn't mean I wasn't learning. No. But I, I used that platform as my kids were growing older. Yeah. Mm. When I need, they needed me more. Mm-hmm. They still need me. <laughs> Probably always, <laughs> always will somehow. <laughs> um, but I used that to really kind of develop myself. Yeah. And then I always said, <clears throat> I went back part time after all of my children. Mm. And I always said, as soon as I am full time, my entire career path can change. So that's been firmly in my head really since I had children, when I knew that I was working and all of my salary was paying for childcare, I knew that I was waiting, wait, wait, wait. And in, actually in the last role, I had I had the opportunity to have kind of stepped up a bit, but it was the wrong time in yeah. my life. So I said no, and then I thought, what if I regret this? What if that was my, what if that was my break? Yeah. And I thought that can't be. That can't be my own break. No, the breaks come and go. And maybe that would have, if you've taken it, would have taken you on a different path. Because I'm a strong believer of things come because there is a point that you can turn. But you yeah. have a choice not to turn. But it's not to say that it's not going to come. Something else will come that's right yeah. for you at that time, isn't it? So, but I think it's, I think you touched here and we'll, we'll come back to that a bit about, uh, you know, what does it mean to be a parent? What does it mean working? I really want to highlight what you've just said, which is the fact that you are work may not be of priority for a period of time in your life. It doesn't mean you're not performing well. It doesn't mean you're not doing your job right. It just means that you're not maybe making a career choices to go upwards. You retaining. And I think we stigmatize that quite a lot. We kind of, you know, unless you want to keep on growing, you know, what you're doing with your career, but actually it's fine to pause but pause in the way that you're doing a job you're doing your job very well but because you're doing it very well you can also you have a mental space to do something else isn't yeah. it and I think that's and then if you want to when the time is right you can you can go up which I think is a good way of yeah I think it does come I know there were there was one time and I was approached for a role and it was you're part-time and it's a no mm. and I did actually kind of reach out to a couple of agencies and and there was a very definite well unless you're full-time it's a no mm. and obviously lockdown has changed a lot of things with yeah. flexibility but getting a day working from home is like getting blood out of a stone mm. um you know the attitude's different now but I think if you're willing to bide your time and wait you do spend a lot of time feeling like you're not outstanding at either yeah you're not outstanding as a mum you're not outstanding or a parent uh you're not outstanding at your job Mm. you're kind of like winging it floating yeah not winging it yeah floating floating. 
and and it's almost frustrating because you're like I can't dedicate all of my time mm. to I mean my children have not ever gone without anything they're, they're fantastic mm. I'm talking not materially I'm talking love and affection yeah. and, and experiences and whatever um but it is frustrating if you are of that mindset that you want to progress with your career and you almost can't mm. it's frustrating yeah because the reasons are really good yeah I don't want to be you know I didn't want to be away that's my personal thing I didn't want to be away from my children mm. five days a week be in London <clears throat> trips abroad I just couldn't do it while they yeah. were growing up so it's a sacrifice mm. but I, I don't really like using that word because what are you actually sacrificing here isn't it yeah. so I like I like that you kind of floating at the moment prioritizing different things yes the ambitious side you have to find what you're being ambitious in because I think yeah. that's what it is if you're an ambitious person you're constantly chasing something new and that in that phase there's nothing to chase because yeah but maybe if you change your mindset that like what you're chasing is the time with your child or whatever whatever the, the choice you're making that's something else but that the other times will come isn't it which is yeah. wonderful to see that you've been able to to go up there and and you touched on the culture and having worked on the other side of being a placing broker and then coming into claims there is a bit of a stigma in a market of like the back office um claims operations you know it's and i one of the things that i'm very keen on promoting the variety of roles in the insurance claims being I mean, I love speaking to claims people, by the way, because the stories that you, you, you people in claims have, like if you have not spoken to a person in claims, speak to them. It's <laughs> a really cool story. It's the most and a really interesting part of the job. It makes so much more sense than from underwriting and broken point of view once you understand how claims work. But, you know, there's this, this back office word. And one thing that really stood out for me when we met the first time, you said that actually in your company, that word is not not used and I don't no. know if the word sort of forbidden is maybe a bit too strong but you don't use that word every team is equal every yes. time performs how did how did you I, I'm not gonna lie I've said to a few people about this and they were like how do you even do it like it sounds like a great concept but how do you introduce it how do you come about to this decision and then does it actually make a difference yeah it does definitely the term back office is so offensive mm. it's offensive mm. it's like um all right, these people are at the front of our company. Look at all of these people. And then somewhere back there, mm. there's a whole load of other people just sitting. It's it, The image in my head is like there's a, there's a dark, yeah. dusty room back there and there's a load of people sitting in there, but you don't need to worry about that. Mm. And it's I've had a problem with that for years mm. because I just think everybody in a company is performing a function yeah. that ultimately – brings the company to where it is so you might have you, you've got people who like the thrill of the chase winning the business bringing the money in um you've got people that that need to be part of that to mm. make for that for that money to actually go anywhere mm. you've got a whole team of people that are pushing that through sorting out any queries chasing mm. it up making sure that what has been placed is correct yeah is paid stays mm. in place the contract's in place mm. That's a vital function. That mm. person who says gets the agreement to go ahead with that doesn't do all of that. No. And if they simply did their role, then the whole the rest of it would fall apart. Yeah. And then you come to the last part of it, which is the claim. Mm. And I can't believe it's taken so long for claims to come up mm. and be pushed forward mm. in this whole industry because 
it's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why you buy insurance, right? <laughs> so, so the image of, of people sitting in this dusty office performing a, a let's not talk about it function, don't mm. worry about them, is so, it's so old-fashioned. Yeah. And personally, I think it should just be, I think it should be eliminated as yeah. a term. Here, claims are really pushed to the front. Right. We're in, we're in everything. Mm. It's really important to, to the group and especially at Concilium mm. that claims are at the front. And we're very much a part of all of the discussions. Mm. We're part of, we join renewal meetings with the placing teams. We're part of the exco we're part mm. of development we're part of everything mm. um i came in and i and i get the team out meet underwriters meet adjusters i've met clients um i'm going to do a broker tour mm. of the uk because it's really important that we get out there and say we're an essential part of this business yeah and the you know the the exec board and everybody here is really keen on making sure that we are all on a level mm. and everybody's function within the business is as important. Yeah. We're all client facing. We all deal with clients. Mm. Um, every part of the business is ultimately satisfying the client, providing a good service. So we all work together and that's how it should be. The back office, middle office, scrap it. Make people. It makes people feel more valued. You can't... Yeah. That's talking from experience of being called back office and it makes you just feel undervalued. I, I completely agree. Going from broking into operations, like I've seen the transition of the language, even opportunities. Right? Yeah. I'm a huge advocate of just... I understand that as a business, you want to spend money on brokers or underwriters being out of the networking, but actually there's a huge benefit of your operations teams, claims team, finance team, networking, because they learn best practices of each other. And then they can implement that in your business as well, which also actually brings a better operations, better return on your business. So I completely agree. And I I love that ethos. And I I do go around preaching it quite a lot to people that you've said that. And I think, and I hope that quite a few people go there and go, "Mm, actually, good point. Let's stop using that word. Let's stop. You know, it's, it doesn't need to be there doesn't need to be a terminology like that. No. Back office. It no. just doesn't. No. It's, it's I don't know. I completely agree. Completely agree. And you know, I think what you talk about quite a lot is the kind of and your journey in your career has been all about network and people joining together and their culture and kind of being able to stand up to certain situations as well and remain resilient. <laughs> um and You've been recently um, awarded a highly commended award for Claims Professional of the Year. And I love that one of the posts you've mentioned, you know, you've thanked the women that have supported you along the way. What do you, what importance do you think a community of people and network of people plays when it comes to our careers? I think it's huge. Mm. I think actually when you start your career, the first people that you have contact with, the ones that train you, the ones that teach you will always stick in your mind. And I think they can make or break how your path, whatever path you take. Mm. I think it can make or break it now. In my first job, times have changed a lot. So I feel like now a female starting out in insurance is very different Mm. to the experience that I've had Mm. In fact, I know it will be. Mm. And I know, well, 
if anywhere's like this company, it will be totally different mm. because a lot of the things I've experienced just don't exist here at mm-hmm. all. Um, but having supportive managers, having sh- like strong, resilient managers, people that are willing to give you the time to listen to you, to really treat you like a like you're important and you're mm. an important part of the business. I think that's really key. Mm-hmm. And as you as you go through your career, you make acquaintances. Some jobs you make some real you have some really good connections with people. When you leave, you never see them again. Yeah, and it and it's strange. And mm. you, and the first time that happens, you sort of think, oh, well, what's that about? Mm. But then you come to realise, okay, well, that was that situation, and that was good for that and that's it and now I move on and then as you go through I'm still very good friends actually with people from my first job Mm -hmm. and we have um women actually it's women (laughs) and we have a dinner um every few months oh lovely so and we're a real sort of range of people and ages and everything else it's really nice um I'd say that very first my very first manager definitely sits in my head as Mm -hmm someone that I kind of aspired to be mm. she was a woman in a very very male-dominated world she stood her ground she fought for us she was she was kind she was understanding mm. like she was everything you would want in your first manager especially that day you know yeah I'm talking like it's centuries ago but it's crazy that it's not it's not that long it's not 30 years no. ago and it's so different mm. <laughs> but um and then as you go on you go to a new job and then you suddenly go, oh, actually, I know that person. Yes. And especially when you come into London and you're in the London market. Oh, yeah. You walk out and you literally walk out of the building and someone goes, hi, Nicola, hi, Nicola. Mm. And it's really nice. And I think over that time I've built some really good connections and whether it be that they just satisfy a work function mm. or whether they socialise outside of work and you actually become friends with some of the people is so important and I think those personalities and other characters Mm. and the amount of knowledge and um just difference in opinion that people can bring yes it may it just changes everything Mm. um but they're my women right now (laughs) here they're amazing yeah they are so supportive and just because I'm running the claims team Mm doesn't mean that I don't still need a little bit of a we've got your back kind of thing yeah um and they really give me that that's uh, that's actually a very good point you say because often there's um there's this pressure that when you have a certain senior role it's like well you you have to have it all sorted and you have to be always happy you don't have imposter syndrome you are you don't get nervous <laughs> uh and you're just like flying through here very comfortable and most senior women that I speak to they still get it. They still question. Yeah. Like your experience helps you to get through these situations, um, but you still get it. And actually, having ability to be vulnerable about it, but also have that community where you can. Um, yes, you are a senior, but you're also a human. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so important. Yeah, isn't it is. It? <laughs> I'm quite open. I'm quite open as well as a person. So, what you see is what you get. Really, mm. I mean. I'm always professional. There's not a question mm. about that whatsoever. But I think, um, I, you know, I've been through a divorce mm. and that was pretty hard. 
um, the last five years, I'd say, have been actually quite hard mentally. Mm. Work has been brilliant because mm. it's just my drive. <laughs> well, whatever happens, whatever whatever happens outside of that, yeah. wherever I've gone and maybe fallen down outside of work mm. or whatever, you've got that focus to keep you on some kind of path. Yeah, and I'm re- I am really open about it, and probably everybody here, probably everyone in my last job, anyone really that knows me, knows that I've had a few battles, and mm. stuff isn't always that easy. Mm. Um, and I think being open about that is really important. Because, I, I agree. You know, you've got you've got a team. You know, I'm responsible mm. for a team, mm. and I'm I'm a human being, so I can still do my job, but I've still got other things going on, and I just feel like there's too much requirement to push things down. Don't bring it to work. Yeah, mm. someone someone said to me the other day. They said, you know, they've, they've been given advice to they deal with quite a lot at home and um and they really kind of struggling to find the right balance between and and, you know and they've they've been given advice you know when you walk in through the door put on that suit jacket and like be at work forget about everything else and you know she was saying it's hard and how do I find the right balance between the two and personally I'm not a big fan of that put on the suit jacket and like 100 percent you know ignore everything else that's going on I'm also an open, I've actually had to learn to tone down my open book. <laughs> I'm an oversharer. I am an oversharer. <laughs> and I'm like you, whenever time are tough outside of work, like work is what makes me happy. Like I'm one of those, what some people would say sad people. I love Mondays. I love the fact that I'm going into work. Yeah. I enjoy work has balance and order. Yeah. Home and private life can have all sorts of situations. So I'm like you, but yeah, what, what, what's your view on that? Put on the suit, you know, and put on that brave face. I don't really think it's about put, I don't think anyone should put on a suit or brave face because you, what could, what could happen? Yeah. If you've got something going on, you can, you, you should be able to, and as a guilt word should, mm. there should be someone you can talk to mm. so that they know, because you don't know at any point you might just be sitting there and go, I can't do this. Mm. And nobody has a clue what's going on. Yeah. And it can, you know, it depends on the, it, I guess it depends on the manager and I would hope I'm not really like that. My, I do think that my team can talk to me about most things. Mm. I do I do feel like I'm approachable and that's how I want to be. I don't need yeah. to know the ins and outs of everybody's business, but I want them to know that I'm there to support them and if they are having a bad time and they want to work from home all week, fine you know it's just mm. a discussion um putting on the suit I don't know whether that's I've done that in the past but I don't think that's really what I do I find yeah. work is an escape yeah because you can have these horrible things going on and 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 be in a fairly badish place mm-hmm. um but then you come into work and you get to focus on something else and it takes all of your attention and it yeah. rests your mind. Yeah. Your mind is suddenly, you're only focused on that instead of thinking, maybe overthinking or, yeah. or thinking about all of these other things that are going on. And it is an escape. Mm. I just think if you if you can focus on work, it's an escape. But that doesn't mean you should come in and pretend that everything's hunky-dory. No. Because, no. It's, because it might not be. I think it's... Um, 
I have these conversations predominantly with women, though I'm sure there are men out there that feel the same way, but that guilt and and that I want to do it all and I want to have it all conversation. And, and literally in the past few weeks, I've received quite a few messages around that topic of like, how do you do it? How do I make a choice between family and being a wife or a girlfriend or a partner or having a child? When do I have a child? When do I accept this career growth? When, like, how do I do it all? And a sentence, like, that's a question I often ask myself. I will never forget when I joined Lloyd's and like six months in, I had no, like, I was just in a relationship. I had no ambition to have children. And I was up for a promotion. I was saying that, should I be taking it on? Because maybe in two years' time, I want to have... And now thinking about it, I'm like, what was it even coming from my head? Luckily, I met a woman who was... She was pregnant, I think, with a third child at that time. And she was like, until you're literally in that bed giving birth, like, (laughs) take everything that is there. (laughs) She's like, push it to the last minute. (laughs) And um, But I know people out there, you know, are considering this and thinking... And there's one sentence that really stood out when we were talking in preparation <laughs> for this. Um, and, you know, you said um, the feminism did not help women as it expects us to do it all. And I, I love that sentence because my grandma on my 30th birthday gave me this book. So I'm, I'm Polish. Communism was thing that kind of I, I grew up on and, and stuff like that. And um, my grandma gave me this book of what it means to be a good wife. Oh, no, good housekeeper, uh, a female housekeeper. And it's like a book of thousand pages, very old school, super cool. It teaches you <laughs> how to have your own cow and milk it, how to kill a chicken, how to clean, like everything, right? Really funny book to read. But there is a sentence or, or a few statements the link to what you said, which basically says communism is brilliant because it's given women opportunity to go to work, but don't confuse that with not looking good, not not um, cleaning up your house, not preparing dinner for your husband, because all this needs to be done on top of your work yeah. because a good woman looks pretty and looks after the home yeah. and has a good job. No one wants to look at an ugly woman. This, this is literally the word. No one wants to look at an ugly woman that doesn't smile. Right. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Great message. Where are you meant to go with that? <laughs> I just nearly fell off the chair for those. That have, yeah. But you know, what I mean? like, and that, I need to do it all, still is there. Yeah, it is. It's still there. It's so changing. how do you do it? It's changing, but um, it's such a controversial thing. Yeah. And like I said to you years ago, I said, well, feminism just hasn't really helped women, has it? And mm. my friendship group at the time said, you can't you can't say that. Mm. How could you say that? We've come so far. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not belittling the movement mm. whatsoever. It's not about that. But we can have we can have it all. We can have a career. We can have money if we want it. We can go on all these holidays. We can have a family. But I think you've got to understand that if you, with some of those choices that you make, if you don't make the right choice, perhaps with your career mm-hmm. or, or the type of industry you go into or your partner, Mm. you could come unstuck and there's still a real kind of heaviness on women 
So you can have it all, but actually you've got to sort it all as well. Yeah. So you can have it all. And actually your other half might help out with this, this and this, Mm. but you need to tell them and you need to sort it out. Yeah. Um, And you can have your career, but you're going to have to sacrifice this, this and this with your kids. And and we're going to take that, that that will just naturally fall away. Um, But there'll be a judgment on you as well, right? For making that decision. I feel like there's always, whatever decision you make, especially as a female, there's a judgment straight away. Because if you're going to get a nanny to look after your child and go a career, then, you know, you are the career woman and you're not yeah. looking after your children. If you stay at home mom, then you are stay at home mom and you're not growing up. Like, there's a judgment yeah. and guilt everywhere, isn't it? But there does need to be a shift. It's a shift in mindset. And mm. I don't know what other industries are like, but I know – in insurance, it's always been, if something was wrong with one of my kids, I mm. was the one, you know, I'm, as I say, I'm divorced now, but my ex-husband was never the port of call. Mm. The kids are ill. It was always me. Mm. I had to take either time off or sort something mm. out. If anything happened, I'm called and I'm, I've got to come mm. home early. It's different now because our setup's different. But when mm. we were married, he was never called. It was mm. always to me. Mm. The childcare is always the mm. school me, 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 everything was me. You need to come home. Mm. You're in London, but you need to come all the way home or you're here and you need to cancel that. Mm. So there's a real, it's hard. It's really hard. And, and at some point, some points in that I, I felt resentment Yeah. because I thought, hang on a minute, why? And then that's awful. Cause then you feel guilty <laughs> because you think they're my children. Why do I feel resentful <laughs> about this? But you actually can burn out. Yeah. You can burn out. And there have been times where I've been on four or five hours sleep a night mm. and then going to work and doing this and doing that. And I felt like I'm just broken. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know how I actually function some of the time. Yeah. So, and I wanted a career. Mm. Um, I didn't know how hard that would be. The whole journey has been hard. Mm. Um, worth Worth it. I've seen a lot in myself about, how resilient I can be, mm. how much drive I've got, how self-motivated I can be, um, how strong-willed mm. I can be. And if I want something enough, I'm not going to give up. Yeah. Um, and I fought through all of that, through being passed up for certain promotions or opportunities, for being held back, for being part-time, for being a mum, for being a woman, mm. for all of those things, mm-hmm. you can have it all, but you need, there needs to be a whole industry change yeah, and a whole mindset change. Here, I have experienced a lot and witnessed a lot of the men heavily involved in part of the routine for mm. kids. Amazing. They're pit, they're come in, I've mm-hmm. done school drop-off or I've done nursery drop-off, mm. I'm doing pick-up, I've got to get home because I'm, I'm doing this with the kids or... Mm going to parents' evenings, you mm. know, it's my time off and I'm going to spend it with the kids. There's more, I've seen that much more here than yeah. I have in any other workplace. Right. And it's nice because you can see it's quite, whole, it's very wholesome. And I think when when you're making that decision that you want to have it all, you can have it all, but you've got to stand your ground. You and you have to say, I don't know, well, okay, we're going to start a family but I expect you to do this yeah. because I'm not going to do it all because ultimately that resentment can lead to breakdown. 
<laughs> of definitely breakdown of a person, but it could lead to it can lead to breakdown of a relationship. Yeah. You know, and it's it's an unpleasant place to be. I think anyone who's who wants to have it all, you can have it all. And it's great that we can, but we've taken it all on and we've not delegated any of it. Or put boundaries in place, yep. isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's there's two important things there is I always say, what can you control and you can't control, right? But what you can certainly control is putting those boundaries and saying, I can do this, but within these remits. And it's not easy because, one, you actually change challenging status quo of a society, which we are not looking to solve here. <laughs> that is the reality yeah. of it, right? Expectations of others. So you have to be very strong in you standing up. But the other thing you've said is actually more we see of equal behavior in companies and company cultures allowing for that. So actually men taking the time and men as well, not being, um, uh, what's the word kind of like, cause you know, some men want to take it, but they don't take it cause it dim, dim, takes the masculinity away from oh, them. Yeah, yeah. Like actually making it until we make it equal, mm. that it's okay for a man to take. And, and the, I, I like you, I meet some incredible men these days. They're just, you know, incredible. No, actually, why do we say they are incredible? Just men that, you know, take on the same role yeah. of a parent. Um, and that's just natural, normal. They don't see as a, you know, anything detrimental to who they are yeah. as a man. Um, more we encourage that and more we inspire that kind of culture, the more equality happens. Yeah. And then that's why you increase the retention of women in the market. You increase the retention of senior women as well, because you allow that playing field of you can have it all yeah. within boundaries. I it? think as well, yeah. And also, hopefully in turn, it increases the retention of men. Yeah. Because if their if their personal life is in a happy, healthy mm. place where they're doing their fair share and their partners yeah. in a in a happy place because mm. of that, they it just comes mm. down to appreciation. Yeah, it, it is. I have actually um hired a new member of staff, mm. hasn't started yet. Um, and he specified how important it was that he would be able to help with anything that come up with his kids. Yeah. You know, and he said, you know flexibility wise what's it like mm. and I said well I've got three kids and I've had a really hard time managing mm. that and that's something that I don't ever want to repeat mm. to any of my staff that's life mm. you, you know if someone doesn't have kids and they think it's unfair that someone's got kids and they're sick well shame on you mm. <laughs> you know because nobody wants that and wants that to to take the mick with no. their working hours or anything else like that and I think when you give, you get back yeah. what you put in. So I always appreciated that I had part-time work and, and I worked harder than, than anyone. A lot of times, you know, sometimes I hear people say, oh, maybe I'll do four-day week and then one. I'm like, that basically means you're going to go yes. five days, if not six, and get paid for four. Yeah. Think about it again, maybe negotiate something different. Yeah. I'm not saying because I'm, I'm sure there are people here doing four days and it works for them, but be very strict with the four yeah. days because most people I know who do four days or three days, they actually do five you still. Overrun. Because you, you have this guilt, right? Yeah. So you keep on overperforming. You do. You have a guilt um, and also you have, I think you just have this appreciation for the fact that you've got what you want yes. and it works and you don't want to lose it. So yeah. you you 
overcompensate yeah I was looking because for, most yeah. of the time you're actually doing really well but actually you're doing really really well because mm. you're trying even harder so yeah but yeah it was good it was really nice and refreshing yes to have someone come in a male and come in and say I need to know that I'm going to have flexibility so that I can do things help with the kids and I just thought fantastic yeah because we're normalizing it I think um and I I can't quote this exactly now but when I've recorded with Hannah Prang she quoted a Madonna song about women being um you know being a woman is kind of like already puts you at a lower grade and I think it's expected that women's as well need flexibility and that's looked down on in an old school way uh so more we have because then basically when men say it, it becomes a norm, it's not a female thing, it's yeah. a thing of a parent. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it just helps with the playing field, equality and, and ways of working as well, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I want it to be like that. Things are changing and it's nice. Yes. It's nice here. The culture yeah. here is very, it's very family orientated mm. and that is, t- is taken seriously. Yeah. You know, we don't bring people into the world to just not really care about mm-hmm. anything to do with them and it is mm-hmm. important and it took did actually take me a long time to to understand that maybe one of the kids isn't quite so well and I'm going to call in because I was made to feel bad yeah um okay well when are you going to be back and I'm well I don't know because my child's actually in hospital mm. and I and one of them was actually in hospital for a week she was very poorly and it was fine and then a couple of days in when are you coming back and I was like mm. she's She's literally not responding mm. to anything. So I don't know. Mm. And I felt, and I was like, I feel under pressure and I feel guilty. Yeah. And I said, you can take my leave or whatever. I do not pay me. I don't care. Mm. And I think it was at that point that it changed. And I thought, no, it's mm. not negotiable. If anything happens, yeah, this is how it is. Mm. Um, we're not in an industry where anybody is going to. Well, the world is not going to collapse because it's not that you are not unique and specific in your own skill set, but there are people yeah. out there that can cover you for a couple yeah. of days. Like, yeah, that's exactly. the reality of it. It sounds horrible, yeah, but that's the reality of it. You're not irreplaceable. Yes, you do your job really well and whatever, but you are not irreplaceable. And I think that's a what having spoken to a number of women across the market where I see companies really succeeding is when they get the fact that if someone needs to put the family first for a period of time, not the job, actually as a company, if you support that, you long-term, you get a much better return than if you make that person, if you don't support them for that period. And as you said, there will be people to take advantage of it. And that's really sad if they do, but they will take advantage of everything else. So you work it out. But most people will not take advantage of it. They will yeah. appreciate it and they'll pay back in payback as in, you know, they'll yeah. be dedicated to your business, to the work and et cetera. So, well, I mean, it's been wonderful and I, I, we we can definitely talk about these things <laughs> for a long time, but we do need to sort of wrap it up. Yeah. I always wrap up with a question. What have you been able to experience thanks to being in insurance that you wouldn't have otherwise? Well, I mean, I can't say that I wouldn't have otherwise. I've got two answers. Okay. So the first one is I know a lot about a lot of industries that I would never have had any idea about. Good point. So when you're placing a risk, you have this information and you have to ask what's the process for this, what equipment do you use, then you look up the equipment. Mm. And in claims, 
you get an injury in and then you go, oh, I wonder what that is. You look it up. And so you know all this stuff about the body, bones, <laughs> illnesses, things that go on or how how one thing leads to another. I know a lot about disabilities. I've done a lot of things to do with amputation and it's so interesting. Mm. So from that, world knowledge or, or knowledge of just life outside of whatever you do in your job and whatever is vast, mm. I, you know, I will be the first one to go, oh, that's when the composite panel fires and everything. That's made of composite panels. And my kids would literally go, you're so boring. And I was like, I don't care. And even now I go, I might tell them to clear up that, that spillage. And, and they're just like, you're, you're just so boring. And I'm, they don't really think that. No. And the other, the other side of it, which is probably maybe, I don't know, frowned upon is, uh, I've been to some really nice restaurants and mm-hmm. I've tried food that I never, ever, ever yeah. would have even considered trying. Mm. And, I, and as a consequence, I know I like nearly all food. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, okay, I need to ask that question. The most extreme mm. thing that you've tried? Um, oh, that's really hot. Oh, on the spot questions. I know. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's not really extreme, but I mean, I would never, ever have tried a lobster omelette. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. That is random. <laughs> and, and, and that sticks in my mind. Yeah. Is, I don't know. I've, I've. Oh, that's good. I've, Let's go with that one. Yeah, we'll a lobster omelette. Lobster omelette. Of course, as you do. Yeah. Not only that, I've never seen that on a menu since. No, I've never heard of such that a thing. That was in Legendal Market. Many years ago. Yeah, I mean, there used to be some really cool places yeah. here. And, and yes, you do get to go nice places. Well, listen, it's been absolutely lovely speaking to you. And there's so many other topics and stuff. But I'm really looking forward to following, see how you get on. And um, and as well, I'm sure we'll be speaking not just this time. Thank you. It's <laughs> Thank been you so, so lovely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode. Help me to share these stories with as many people as possible by rating the podcast and sharing episodes on your social media platforms. Remember, this is a podcast for you, so your opinion matters to me. If you have any recommendations on comments, please get in touch. Don't forget to follow the podcast on social media at 100 Women in Insurance to find out about the upcoming releases, guest spotlights and top career tips. See you in the next episode.